Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Larry Brenner, and magic and mystery are part of my history. So, once again, we're a little behind schedule, and to hold you over, we're going to do a bonus episode about something from the Disney afternoon, specifically Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Uh, first, first things first, here is a fun fact about the Gummy Bears. They are indeed inspired by the candy. The story goes that Michael Eisner was hanging with his son, and his son mentioned that he loves gummy bears, and the light bulb went on above Michael Eisner's head, and he said, that should be a TV series, Gummy Bears. And hey, what a lesson in inspiration can come from anywhere. Uh, I wonder what it was like to, to walk into the room and like hear your boss say, all right, guys. We're going to make a TV show. And you go, what's the concept? And he goes, you ever hear of gummy bears? You mean the candy? Yeah, we're going to do that. But magic happened. Uh, this is unlike the Wuzzles and unlike Fluffy Dogs. Gummy Bears was a big success. It premiered in 1985 at the exact same time as the Wuzzles. Fluffy Dogs came in in 1986. But unlike those two other series, Gummy Bears lasted for six seasons. It is the first real success of the Disney afternoon. I don't know that it got the fame and attention that DuckTales got uh, when DuckTales comes out a couple of years later, but that's a big deal for a TV series in the 80s. Six seasons? Almost unheard of. So... I want to talk a little bit about my plan for gummy bears. Six seasons is a lot, and I can't possibly cover six seasons in the course of a single episode. Today, I want to focus on the start of the gummy bears. I watched the first three episodes. Uh, really, I'm going to focus primarily on the first episode, which is titled A New Beginning. And I'll just talk about what context I get from the following two episodes about what kind of series this is going to be. I think this is going to be a three-part podcast. Uh, we'll do the other two bonus episodes at some point, hopefully far in the future, and I'll talk about what I want to do with those. But for right now, I want to lay the groundwork as to what I think Gummy Bears is about. And I'm going to put my snark aside for just a moment. I know some of you love my snark, so it'll come back. Don't worry. But I honestly believe that Gummy Bears is a pivot point. I think on the one hand, Gummy Bears does a great job of connecting Disney to its roots. I think the creators really looked back at the at their past at the past successes of Disney and drew elements from those movies and said, hey, let's make these modern, where modern is 1985. But I also think it does a really good job of predicting where animation is going, story in animation is going to be going over the next couple of decades. I think we're going to see some characters in Gummy Bears who are going to sort of be ancestors to future Disney princesses and Disney villains. So... I, I look forward to exploring that a little bit with you. And hey, uh, maybe you see some things that I don't see as we go through it. 
But let's start by talking about the first episode, which is titled A New Beginning. Uh, before we even get into the Manish Tana, I want to point out where one of my complaints about the Wuzzles was, one of my many complaints about the Wuzzles was, we're pretty much just dropped into the island of Wuzz, and there's no real reason to start where we start. Uh, you could scramble the episodes in any order. It makes just as much sense. There's no real buy-in moment here. A new beginning is clearly starting a story. There is a reason to start with this first episode. And when we say, why does this TV series start where it starts? Well, there are two scenes that we begin with. And interestingly enough, we begin this episode with the villain of the piece, Duke Igthorn. He is clearly a bad guy. He has a bad guy's goatee. He is surrounded by ogres. He's building up an army, and he clearly intends to invade another kingdom. So we're starting on a tension point. That's something, it, it's presented as this is a new threat to the kingdom. And then we switch to a young boy named Cavan, who is hanging out with another page named Unwin, and the two of them are off to deliver uh, food to a knight named Sir Tuxford. And here is one of the first places where I see characters who are clearly based on older Disney movies. Cavan and Unwin are very much Wart and Kay from The Sword and the Stone. They have that exact same dynamic. Cavan is a little younger, a little more innocent. He believes in stories of goodness. He believes in a mythic past in which gummy bears once existed. Even when Unwin makes fun of him, Unwin is a bully. Unwin causes Cavan's mount to ride off, so Cavan has to walk. Unwin lies about, you know, everything is all Cavan's fault. You get that real dynamic. They deliver food to Sir Tuxford, who reminds me a lot of Sir Ector from Sword in the Stone. They have that sort of dynamic also going on there and the way he treats the two, the two young pages. When all of a sudden, ogres appear in the forest and everyone needs to scatter. There's a bunch of forest foresters who are chopping down trees. They have to run. Uh, Unwin immediately runs. Uh, I, I, the knight makes a token effort at trying to save Cavan, but Cavan is forced to run from the ogres further into the woods, where he comes across a pink bear, uh, and this is his first encounter with the gummy bears. The gummy bears are wary of Cavan, but the ogres are a clearer threat. We see, we see the gummy bears for the first time. There are six of them. They drink a juice that allows them to, dare I say it, bounce here and there and everywhere, which I will never get tired of saying. Uh, they are able to repel the ogres without really being seen, except by Cavan. And all of them end up they go into like a secret passage into a tree, which leads them to the hideout of the gummy bears, 
where we have a chance for Kevin to really talk with the other bears. Now, Kevin, so that's that really takes us through exposition and inciting incident. And the inciting incident here really is Kevin meets the gummy bears. That's the thing that's going to change his life forever, but it's also going to change the gummy bears' lives forever. And as much as we might say the inciting incident is Igthorn and the ogres, this episode is only peripherally about that. So, Kevin has this medallion around his neck that his grandfather found in the ruins of some city. It is an ancient gummy bear medallion. Uh, he meets the six gummy bears. Uh, he and Cubby, uh, Cubby is the young pink bear, seem to bond immediately. Gruffy Gummy, who is the older brown bear, is suspicious of Kevin. The gummy bears do not trust humans. Uh, because something has clearly happened in their past that has damaged the relationship between gummies and humans. It, we're not really clear on exactly what that is, but we do learn there used to be tons of gummies in this forest. Now there are only six. And most of the episode comes down to Kevin trying to build up trust between him and the gummy bears. But what is also part of the inciting incident is the medallion is given to Zummy Gummy, who is kind of a light purpley bear. And it allows him to unlock the Great Book of Gummy, which has all of the knowledge of the ancient Great Gummies. Man, I don't know how many times I can say the word gummy today, you guys. It, it's already starting to feel like a lot. But I move on because forward is the only way. Uh, this is going to give Zummy access to some ancient gummy magic. And, and of course, the book tells them that the gummies are here in order to hopefully reestablish safety of the com gummy community and maybe the gummy, the gummy, rebuild relationships and maybe rebuild gummy bear civilization that the gummy bears are charged with protecting the innocent and the good. So a whole bunch of inciting incidents here. Cavan uh, and, and the gummies become friends and they run afoul of Duke Igthorn, his ogres and Duke Igthorn's uh, catapult, which is somehow like an exploding catapult. Whatever stone he's got, they're, they're bombs. He's, he's shooting bombs at the castle. And the other thing that's kind of going to set up the series is, in addition to Cavan seeing the gummy bears, Igthorn sees the gummy bears. And he learns about the gummy berry juice, which gives super strength and, you know, the bouncing. He at one point gets a bit of it and drinks it and is filled with super strength, although it is temporary. And we see Igthorn getting the idea that the gummy bears, not his catapult, might be the thing that allows him to conquer the kingdom and, dare I say it, the world. Uh, but the gummy bears thoroughly trounce uh, Igthorn and, and the ogres. The gummy bears and Kevin are friends. Uh, we, they promise to aid each other in the future. Kevin promises to keep the secret about the gummy bear still being alive from everybody back at the castle. 
Kevin goes back to the castle, and we get a sense that there's a new dynamic. A tentative relationship has been formed between humans and, and bears, and that's going to set up our series. Really, we get a sense from this first episode that the gummy bears have been awakened from, dare I say it, a slumber, a hibernation, and are going to start engaging in the world and getting involved in its goings on. And that's that's going to be the disruption to the status quo that moves us forward. So this first episode has not aged wonderfully. We've gotten better cartoons since then, but I think for 1985, it is a strong start. Uh, especially compared to the other other shows that started around this time. So that's the structure here. And I want to point out, do you remember how I said to you that Kevin really reminded me of Arthur, that there's a special destiny waiting for him? Uh, and I think that destiny is tied up with the gummy bears. But the gummy bears are also reminiscent to me they strike me as a modern seven dwarves, although there are six of them. And let's unpack that a little bit. Let's unpack the characters. So Kevin is our protagonist in the first episode, and it's a smart choice because Kevin knows nothing about the gummy bears, and we're going to learn about them through him. He's a young boy. We are ostensibly children watching the show. And we're going to identify with him. And we're going to watch him. We're going to learn about the world as he learns about it. He will effectively hand off the role of protagonist to each of the gummy bears. But he's going to be our first one. So the six, the six gummies and Kevin will be our primary protagonists throughout this series. Uh, he is a perfect audience surrogate. We like him. He's good, he's kind, he's a good friend. He is immediately connected to Cubby Gummy, who is the young boy bear of the group. Uh, young Cubby clearly shares Cavan's dream. Cavan wants to be a knight one day. So does Cubby. So they're going to bond over that. And I want to throw out to you a little bit. This is a, there's an interesting choice here. Cubby, who is the boy bear, is pink. And I don't want to make too big a deal of this because maybe I'm reading something into it that I should not be reading into it. But that's a brave move for 1985. Pink, I mean, I, pink is still associated with feminine now. But I, I really respect the heck out of the choice to have a boy character who's pink. Uh, it's it's different. It's not something that I expected to see. And and I wonder if if there's some sort of agenda behind that, just saying that this is a show for boys and girls. You can relate. You could. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to know the thinking behind the, the coloration of this bear. Uh, so Cubby and Kevin have a lot of similarities. The gummy bears are divided into kid cubs and adults. The other two kid cubs, one of which is the girl cub, Sunny, she's yellow. Uh, she's got yellow fur. And I think it's worth pointing out 
none of the gummies seem to be related to each other. They're a family. They are. They all have the same last name, but like Sonny and Cubby have a brother-sister relationship, but I don't think they're brother and sister. Uh, and it's it's very clear that while there are adult gummies, none of them are really the parents of Sonny or Cubby or Tummy. Sonny is going to be our primary female protagonist. What's interesting about Sonny is Sonny is more of a teen, where Cubby is a kid. Sonny is desperate to be seen as an adult and an equal, and this feels like a relatively new development. In one of the episodes that I saw, there was an episode where Sonny wants to talk to the adults, and the adults are always forcing her to pair with Cubby. She constantly complains how the adults don't listen to her. And, you know, she wants to be taken seriously. She's very much a tween, not one one or the other. And she's spunky and she's working on becoming assertive. And again, strong choice for 1985. The third of the kids, Tummy, Tummy Gummy, who is voiced by Lorenzo Music and who sounds to me uh, but like another character voiced by Lorenzo Music, which is Garfield. Uh, of the characters, he's, he's the hardest for me to get a hold on. He's blue. Uh, his primary, when we first meet him, they, they, they primarily like body shame him a little bit. Uh, Kevin looks at him and says, I bet your name is Tummy Gummy. It's it's a wince moment for me because uh, that is a physical description and and of course he is named Tummy Gummy so he's like he was like how did you know but I don't like that but his personality is very chill very mellow and and I've seen three episodes including an episode that's sort of focused on him and I still can't really identify his traits uh, other than that he's calm. And that he seems to be thoughtful, uh, but I, I don't I don't know exactly what his role is yet. I don't know if that's a flaw in the series or not. They have a bear that they can develop however they want to develop for later episodes. Of the six characters, though, I think he's the least memorable. I think he's the one that I almost forget. So those are the three kid bears. Let's take a look at the adults. So, Zummy Gummy, who is voiced by Paul Winchell, who was the original Tigger. Uh, Zummy Gummy is Doc from the Seven Dwarfs. He's got the spectacles, and he's got that same little tick that Doc has, where Doc mix up his words. And, like, if he saw a blue cow, he would say a, a coo blau. And, I mean, I'm, you know, that that's sort of like... By the way, blue cow is what I came up with as the, as the two words. Whatever. We move forward. Uh, Zummy Gummy is, I think, we're supposed to see him as the historian of the gummy bears. But we're also supposed to see him as stepping into a new role. Now that he has unlocked the great book of gummy, he's starting to learn magic. And we actually see in a, in a couple of episodes... You know, he's casting spells from the book. And just two episodes later, he's very proud of himself. He's actually memorized one of the spells. There seems to be a progression. You know, 
he he may become i don't more powerful by the end of the series he's certainly more powerful by the third episode than he is at the first episode uh he is i think the dreamer of of the group he's the one who longs for the old days the restoration of the characters uh to the role that the gummy bears used to have uh yeah i i that's what i have to say about zummy and i'm gonna contrast him with gruffy gummy played by bill scott who was bullwinkle j moose he was also moosel in the wuzzles and he passes away about a year into this series uh and uh, another voice actor replaces him later on gruffy gummy is grumpy from the seven dwarfs he is resistant to change he wants to keep the gummies safe and safe means no contact with the humans he is slow to trust cavin but like grumpy grows to love the human in a very short amount of time uh gruffy continuously complains about cavin but there comes a moment where cavin is in very real danger from Duke Igthorn, and Gruffy is the one who says, I have to go save that boy. So we know that deep within that, that harsh exterior, there's a person who's capable of love, who's capable of caring. We're also going to see there's a lot of conflict between Gruffy and Zummy. Zummy is progressive. He wants things to change. He wants to expand the gummy bear's role, and Gruffy wants to keep them safe, and change scares him. That's some nice conflict between two characters. I appreciate that. Uh, and the final member of the Gummy Bears is Grammy Gummy, who's voiced by June Foray, also known as Rocky the Flying Squirrel. That's right. This is a reunion of Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's kind of fun. So on the one hand, Grammy has what we would consider to be the traditional feminine role. She cooks for the gummies. She makes the gummy berry juice that the other gummies imbibe uh, in order to get their bouncing power. But she is she is rough around the edges. She's she is tough. She speaks her mind. And you get the sense that because Gruffy and Zummy are constantly at odds, that Grammy is the real power but behind the three of them. Because she breaks the tie. She gets to make the decision. You know, are we going to err on the side of safety with Gruffy? Or are we going to take a step towards bridging relationships with the outside world with, with Zummy? So she wields a bit of power and authority. And she doesn't, she does not shy away from fighting with the other gummies. She is, she is in the battles. So, a lot of really interesting choices here with these characters. And I'm going to talk about two more human ones, but I want to point out, with our core seven protagonists, we have a lot of opportunity to pair characters, have them go on an adventure together, have the flaws of those two characters rub each other the wrong way, and that there's relationship building that can happen there. And that, you do remember my complaint about the fluffy dogs, is that all the dogs really got along really well. Uh, 
it doesn't make for interesting viewing if everybody is really good friends and never argues. And the gummies argue all the time. And you can get a lot of good permutations by, by pairing them together and seeing what comes out the other side. Uh, there's a couple of other characters I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Princess Kala, who is the princess of the castle where Cavan lives. The first time we see her, she's jumping out of windows and landing in hay, and that immediately makes me like her. She's a princess who knows how to have fun. She's also a princess who breaks the rules. And she's got a relationship with her father, which pretty much reads as, her father expects her to be ladylike and dignified all the time, and does not recognize his daughter's adventurous spirit. And I'm going to throw out there that Princess Kala is very much a prototype for Ariel in The Little Mermaid. I think, I think she represents a shift to the new Disney princess. The new, new, new Disney princess does things, goes on adventures. And while it doesn't happen in the three episodes that I saw, uh, I do know that eventually Princess Kala does learn about the gummy bears. And I believe, if my memory serves me right, she becomes very good friends with Sunny. Uh, so, so, yeah, we'll have episodes with two female protagonists, uh, maybe three if Grammy is involved, that has nothing to do with the boys. We're passing the Bechdel test a little bit with gummy bears. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see to see that develop along the way. Also, you guys, Kevin clearly has a crush on Princess Kala, but also Kala really has a crush on Kevin, and it's super cute. This is going nowhere. I mean, I mean, these they're both preteens. This story goes nowhere in, in terms of romance, but they are so into each other. Like, I'm rooting for them. They get me rooting for them immediately. Last couple of characters that I want to talk about is Duke Igthorn and Toadie. So Duke Igthorn is the bad guy. He's a human. Uh, we get that he we get that he's runs Drekmore Castle, and he somehow has conquered the ogres, and they all willingly serve him. In fact, we don't see a single human in the service of Duke Igthorn. And I don't understand how this power dynamic got set up. Uh, Igthorn isn't dumb. Uh, he's cunning. Uh, and he recognizes opportunities when he sees them. Uh, he is bigger and stronger than the gummy bears when he runs into them, unless they're drinking the gummy berry juice. He represents, I think, the danger that must be the reason why the gummy bears disappeared from the world. And I feel like I feel like the way he exploits the ogres is the fear of that the gummy bears were running from. They don't want to be exploited. And he clearly intends to exploit them. 
He wants the secrets of gummy berry juice. If he can make his ogres bounce here and there and everywhere, he can rule the world. And he recognizes that. To me, Igthorn is sort of a combination of Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. And that's physical. He's muscular. I, I wouldn't say he's as handsome as Gaston, but he's egotistical in the way that Gaston is. He expects everyone to fawn all over him. But more than that, he reminds me of Scar from The Lion King, because he is leading outside agents to attack, you know, his own king. His, he, he, he intends to be propped up but with, with his, uh, essentially, foreign army of mercenaries, right? Uh, and, you know, that's, that's not something a good person does. It is exactly what Scar does in The Lion King. So I think that's interesting about Duke Igthorn. Uh, he has an assistant named Toadie. Toadie of all of the ogres, most of the ogres are big and dumb. Toadie is small. He's the runt of the litter. And while I wouldn't say he's like a Mensa candidate, he is reasonably intelligent. You can see why Igthorn has Toadie near him because he needs he needs someone to talk to. And Toadie is the best of the bunch in terms of intelligence. Now, this show has an antagonist problem. And the antagonist problem is this. Igthorn, I don't think, knows the names of the gummies that he's after. His relationship with them isn't personal. You know, if we were going to compare him to a non-Disney villain, I would say Gargamel from the Smurfs. But Gargamel knows the Smurfs. He's like, curse you, Papa Smurf, uh, all the time. It's very personal for him. And I don't think Duke Igthorn really thinks about the gummy bears as people, but as sort of like an abstract concept. And ideally what we want to have happen here is for our villain to develop personal relationships with the gummies. The Duke's enemies aren't the gummies. They're a means to the end. His enemy is not Cavan, who he also does not really notice. His enemy is Kala's father, the king, who is a minor character in this story. And I wish he was more directly focused on the gummy bears than he was on this king, who, who is basically a non-character. Uh, but, you know, all in all, he is a reasonably good villain for them to fight. I wish also that we could make more of a meal out of the ogres. Uh, I don't know. I'm reading into this a little bit. Uh, the gummy, I, I would like to know the backstory of these ogres. I feel like the strongest backstory would be when the humans, uh, Igthorn's ancestors conquered the ogres, that the ogres used to be good, that they used to be allies of the gummy bears. And it represented uh, the inevitability that the gummy bears would go extinct if they didn't go into hiding. And that maybe, like, the gummies see the ogres and go, like, that could be us. We could be slaves. 
It isn't really clear. The ogres seem to be very happy working for Igthorn, but there's something in the relationship between the gummy bears and the ogres that needs to be developed. Uh, it's also weird that everyone's like, gummy bears don't exist, but they do know that ogres exist. In another episode, they know that a dragon exists. Uh, it's it's very it's it's very weird to me. It's like when you see a movie and like a vampire is fighting a werewolf, and then somebody goes, oh, "I hope there aren't any zombies." And someone goes, "Zombies aren't real." And it's like, but vampires and werewolves are. Anyway, uh, minor antagonist problem. Maybe they fix it as the series goes on. So what else do I want to tell you about gummy bears? I want to tell you that having watched three episodes. I really get the sense that something is slowly moving forward. We get an episode in which, um, which Zummy and Tummy, oh, Zummy Gummy and Tummy Gummy, oh my gosh, I hate these names, uh, <laughs> find a secret door where they find like other inventions of the ancient gummies and we get clues as to their, what that civilization was like. They meet a dragon who remembers the time of the ancient gummies and says, oh, this forest used to be full of them. We get the sense that uh, Kevin, you know, has a mystery to solve. Why does Kevin have this medallion? What, what is his role in all of this story? And we also, there's a question, and I don't know that they ever articulate it. There are six gummy bears left. None of them seem to be romantically interested in each other. Is the gummy race going to go extinct with only six left? Uh, so there's some dramatic questions to answer along the way. Do, do I know if there's going to be satisfying answers? As I recall, not so much. Uh, I remember being very interested in it as a kid, but always being like, there's just not enough clues to tell me where this story is going to go. All right, pitch time, and then I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Are you ready? So first, pitch time. So what's something we could do with the gummy bears? You know what gummy bears reminds me of? Gargoyles. Uh, Disney gargoyles. Do you remember Disney gargoyles are also the last survivors of their clan brought into to modern day? I want, I think, in comic book form, not in TV or movie form. I want a Gummy Bears Gargoyles crossover. Maybe Xanatos finds a cave where all of the Gummy Bears have been hibernating. He brings them into the world. He And they go into modern times. He tells them the Gargoyles are evil demons. We get a Gummy Bear versus Gargoyles fight. The bouncing versus the gliding. But of course, then Goliath and the gargoyles become friends with Zummy and the gummy bears. And they recognize they have a lot in common. Uh, I want Elisa Maza to be the long, long lost descendant of Kevin and Kala. And maybe she's a princess, too. I, I think there's something fun uh, in bringing these two things together. Uh and just seeing what comes out the other side. So that's my pitch, a Gummy Bear Gargoyles crossover. All right, so here's your homework assignment. I plan on doing two more Gummy Bear episodes. The last part of it, I want, this series ends with a two-part finale called King Igthorn, uh, where stuff really happens in those last two episodes. 
So that's the third episode. But the middle episode, I want to talk about the important episodes we need to have seen in order for the third episode to make sense. I already know one of the episodes we have to do. There's a seventh gummy bear that we're going to meet named Gusto, uh, Gusto Gummy. Uh, and I think he has a toucan named Artie. I, I think his name was Artie. I, I have to watch it. But he actually joins the clan and things shake up a little bit. Your homework assignment is check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook fan page and tell me what episodes you think I need to watch to cover in our middle Gummy Bear bonus episode. All right. And make your case for it if you remember it. I, I think this is a fun way to have like a little bit of engagement with our listeners. Uh, and the second episode will be really focusing on the middle of the series and what we need to know. And then the third episode will be about the King Igthorn uh, two-parter that concludes the story. All right. So you have your assignment. Um, it is graded pass-fail. So low stakes. Please, please, please help me out with this. There's so many episodes. I don't want to miss something that's important. But also, I do not have enough time to watch the entire series from beginning to end. All right. So that was today's bonus episode. Please, please, please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. Tweet us. You can tweet Andy at, at Andy Redwine, or you can tweet me at Larry Brenner 6 or you could drop us a line in our mailbag at onceuponadisneypodcast at gmail.com. And next week, uh, we will get be whatever we promised you for this week. That's what you're going to get next week. So until next time, friends, see you real soon.